Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Snoop was in and... Oh, Snoop now, is it? Snoop, yeah, yeah. we're on first yeah. name terms. Yeah. So he was in and literally he had this massive entourage sure. of the large... And he's like Skeletor. He's yeah. like so yeah. skinny. And of course he's smoking away. And I, I'm, I'm not was entirely smoking sure... Smoking weed or smoking cigarettes? Yes, yeah. all yeah. of the above. Mm-hmm. So Robbie tried to go over a couple of times, I think, to tell him to stop smoking or whatever it was. And they wouldn't let him in. He's like going, yeah. it's my club. But like Robbie's only tiny. Yeah. So he was like trying to bounce yeah. past these huge bounces. Yeah. My club... Okay, if you're in the market for some juicy behind-the-scenes stories from the heyday of Dublin's nightclub scene, then you have just pressed play on the right podcast. You probably would have known Amanda Brunker as one of Ireland's best-known models, columnists and novelists. More on all those aspects of her career very shortly. But what you might not have known is that Amanda was also once a hostess um, at Dublin's most famous celebrity haunt, and that was Reynards. That is where every Irish celebrity, in inverted commas, and every visiting international celebrity came to hang out and play. And in this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast, Amanda shares some very juicy stories about what went on among the rich and famous. But we also chat about journalism, modelling, how difficult it is to express a strong opinion these days, her infamous appearance on stage at Oxygen, the festival, and of course her new play, because she's now a playwright as well, Curiosity, which is now on at the International Gay Theatre Festival in Dublin. Um, there's a lot of great chat coming up for you here, folks, so stay tuned for this one. There was Colin Farrell, mm. there was the Jackass guys, mm. there was Tom Jones, mm. there was all sorts, and then the guards came in and raided us. And they're there standing there with the yellow jackets. I'm like, really? Tonight? Yeah, Yeah. tonight? There was another quite well-known businessman who wanted me. And it was a very anxious about two hours. And there was a woman who shouldn't have allowed me to be put in that situation. And I kept going, I'm only a young girl. You're a woman. Get me out of here. And she's like, no, relax, relax. Have some drugs. I'm like, no, thank you. And then I said... Is there anywhere you could find us a little corner Mm. in Oxygen that we could perform and do this? And then they came back to me saying, you're filling in for Jesse J. I'm like, you're off your head. (laughs) Come on. My full chat with Amanda Brunker coming up very shortly. But before that, it was a massive week for another great lady from Ireland. That was, of course, Katie Taylor. What an amazing achievement it was. And still champion of the world. Her defeat of Amanda Serrano. And now everybody's talking about a possible rematch back in Croke Park. Uh, and what a night that would be. Um, an incredible performance by Katie. And a lot of people are talking about her in terms that she might now be seen as Ireland's greatest ever athlete. And, uh, and who could argue with that, really? Um, but when someone achieves the kind of fame that Katie now has, the phone starts ringing. Big time. You get calls from all sorts of people that you might or might not expect to hear from. Well, we got exclusive access, of course, to Katie Taylor's voicemails this week. And it turns out her phone has been predictably hopping. Oh, you've reached the voicemail of Katie Taylor. It really is a dream come true. I can't believe a really champion of the world. Amanda Serrano is a great fighter. But at the end of the day, thank God I pulled through and prevailed. Sorry, what was all this about? Oh, yeah, leave a message after the bell. Thank you. Katie, this is President Michael D. Higgins. Congratulations, you have done your country proud. I must say, I was up on the couch myself, jabbing every jab with you. 
punching every punch. Um, unfortunately, uh, Sabine, in the process, uh, took a right hook uh, to the jaw and uh, spent the night in St. James's. But not to worry. Uh, well done. Hey, Katie, it's the McGregor Congratulations. Now, you and me, baby, let's get it on in the ring together. One night in Crow Park, facilitating each other, decapitating each other, mano a mano, hey, a mano a woman battering the shite out of each other. It's a fight I might even be able to win. Hey, contact my people, Katie. Hi, Katie. It's Miriam O'Callaghan here. Listen, I'd love to have you on my show, Miriam Meets. Katie and myself together in one room. Two female Irish icons, head to head, genuinely. Give us a call. Well, hello there, Miss Katie, ma'am. This here is Garth Brooks. A little birdie told me you might be doing one night in Croke Park. Katie, why one night when you could do five, five nights? Say the word, and I'll get on to that some bitch on Keegan. Thank you kindly, Miss Katie, ma'am. Hi, Katie. It's Ray Darcy here. How are you? Well done, well done, well done. Saw the fight. Well done. Look, we'd love to have you on the radio show if you were around, although you're probably very busy. Actually, I'm probably not the first to call you. You've probably been inundated with requests to go on TV and radio. Actually... You're probably not available at all. Time is probably filled up. Okay, forget I ever asked. Look, I knew it wouldn't work out. I knew it. I knew it. Look, forget I even called. I never called. Okay, good luck. Well done. See you sometime. Katie, this is Blind Boy Port Club. I stayed up till five o'clock in the morning watching your pugilistic antagonistic skills while vaping my face off. You were like a big king python in that ring, Katie, slowly strangulating your goat-like opponent. I'd love to have you on my podcast. And we can talk about mental health. Give us a call. <laughs> and fair play to Katie and fair play to Blind Boy. Um, she has some very interesting calls to return now, don't you think? Um, Okay, you've been sending me some brilliant emails recently. Lovely compliments about the podcast, for they are mostly compliments, and thank you very much. Now it's a bit of a light relief from the occasional stresses and strains of life. Thank you all for saying that. You've also had some great suggestions for people you would like to hear chat with me on this podcast. We make a note of all those suggestions, single single them all out, and chase them up if, if, if we are of such a mind to do so. So watch this space. Um, Mar- Mario Rosenstock at gmail.com if you want to contact me directly at mariorosenstock at gmail.com I'm also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram your emails are very welcome so please keep them coming what is also very welcome is when you press the follow button if you're listening on Spotify and the subscribe button if you're on Apple Podcasts also the most valuable thing to me is if you tell one person about this show spread the word just tell one person Um, But let's not make Amanda Brunker wait any longer. We have so much to talk about, like her modelling career, writing a column for the Sunday World for many years, her best-selling books and plays. But we start with her time as hostess in the nightclub of all nightclubs during Ireland's Celtic Tiger years. Reynards, let the stories begin. Amanda, do you know what? I'm delighted to talk to you and I'm delighted that you're coming on the podcast and... um, 
But uh, one of the things that I was thinking about today that draws us together in a sense is Reynards. <laughs> oh, it's the, Reynards. The club of love. The club of love. And you see, the thing is that like lots of people nowadays ask me, um, what's that place you keep talking about? What, that, and I go, what? Reynards? You say, do you not know Reynards? Nobody knows it anymore. So it's like, it's if we've grown up and... But this thing, this kind of thing we experienced, uh, things like Reynards, Lilies, the nightclub scene in Dublin um, in the late 90s, early 2000s and up to mid 2000s was really, when you look back at it now, an extraordinary little moment in time. And explain to people, so you were a hostess in Reynards, so you were right in the eagle's nest. So explain to people, what was Reynards? Where was it? Who owned it? Who ran it? What kind of clientele was it? Well, you're going to get me all misty-eyed now, Mario. You really are, because it was... A very special time in my life. It was actually very uh, influential because I I originally used to go to Reynards when it was called the Pink Elephant. Mm. And that's when the likes of U2, Def Leppard, Aslan. Lisa and Stansfield. All the cool people used to go and Simple hang out. Minds. Yeah, like literally every cool band used to hang out there. And it was not a particularly big club either. So unfortunately, it's all been knocked down. And there's the AIB headquarters there now at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, South Frederick oh, Street. God, it's I beside didn't. the passport office. So, because so, I always dreamed that they'll bring it back. No, definitely not. Oh, it's actually, not. it is gone. It is, oh, it's gone, shite, gone. Shite. I remember driving by was about oh, like time means nothing to me anymore since COVID could have been six years ago seven years ago but I remember they were demolishing it and I actually it was it was quite emotional because yeah. I literally so I used to go there well before I was legally well I should have really because yeah. I was I started modeling at 15 yeah I won Miss Ireland at 17 mm. and I had unleashed myself on the world and I I had actually won Miss Ireland before I finished school, mm. which wasn't ideal. And mm. I remember at the end of the Miss Ireland year, my family had this intervention going, you have to go back to school. Mm. I said, are you off your head? Like, I've like, you know, I've walked on catwalks. I drink champagne now. <laughs> you know, my life has changed. Yeah. I can't go back. I've left all that stuff behind. Oh, I had left mm. all of it. And uh it's interesting. I wonder how my life would have been different if I had a finished school. Mm. But I, I must admit, I did hate it. So I took to the nightclub culture quite well. Mm. And I went from being this kind of very sporty girl to all of a sudden I was literally out every night of the week, which is not something that I, I recommend for all people. But I, I'm one of those kind of... Uh, I'm kind of a lucky old soul. I wasn't born rich, but I was born lucky and Mm. I was born happy. Mm. So I just had the most amazing fun and Mm. I went to the best parties, went to the, you know, met the best people ever. And I remember I had been out and I'd, I I was, uh, obviously I was a patron and then I fell kind of slightly on hard times. I'd broken up with a boyfriend and I had set up a company with him and I had to close the company because it was just easier. It's another story. We mm. won't get into it or now. Maybe we will. <laughs> um, and I literally arrived into Reynards one night and uh, I'm sitting at the bar and literally all I had taken with me was like a little bag and the clothes that I had on me. I'm sitting at the bar and I was like, oh, Robbie, what am I going to do? So Robbie Fox was the guy who, who owned Reynards. And he, uh, anybody of a certain age will know this legendary character. And Robbie just went, well, why don't you come and work for me? And I said, I can't work in Reynards. I go to Reynards. I hang out here. Why don't you go here every night then and get paid for it? And then he said, why not? He said, just until you get back up on your feet again. And uh, I moved 
kind of back in with my mum with my tail between my legs and I started working in Reynards and I remember at the time I actually didn't like the club so much at that stage and I said Robbie you need to do something with this place that it's full of men, like yeah. literally wall to wall men. That's right. And I said, this is terrible. And he said, what do you mean? I, I said, you're going to have to stop letting up men and maybe letting up some women. And I said, yeah, but these are members. And I said, get over yourself. I said, this is like a library. It's boring. <laughs> yeah. I said, men want to look at pretty girls. I said, you got to start letting up some pretty girls. Yeah. So I convinced him to kind of shake it up a little bit. Mm. And I have to say, I played a small part mm. as a hostess in there. And we were there, like I remember one night, it literally, if a fire had gone, we would have taken out all the country's billionaires <laughs> in one fell swoop. <laughs> and I remember there was times, there was nights that literally it was so wedged and I'm, you can't do that anymore. You know, there's all, you know, health and safety crap, and, you know, but like literally there was so many people that we had to, the barman would hand buckets of champagne to the people sitting at the bar who would then hand it to somebody else standing kind of in the way and then it would pass over to the to the tables to the VIP tables and buckets of champagne it's like something out of Ibiza and like yeah. there was times when it actually was that good yeah, and not it, always I remember it well and I mean Today FM of course in the early days uh, was just utterly flying yes, in terms of its kind and it was there was a whiff of well, there was a whiff of, of, of danger they, and happiness off Today FM garish as Garish well. money. There was just but garish no, money. But also coolness great. though. Today yeah. FM had, you know, Dunphy was on at five. Uh, Ian was on in the mornings. Navin Mann and, and Tony Fenton and all this sort I of know. stuff. Like, I mean, like you're just listing off some of our best regulars. Yeah. And there'd be times that only, <laughs> on, like Tony was just, you know, he was always coming in and he yeah. was the crack. But like sometimes Tony be bringing people in and going, honestly, Tony, where did you find these strays? Yeah. He'd be bringing in all sorts of, Tony, you can't bring them in here. Like there would be a gaggle of like five or 10 women or something. Yeah. And then like, I mean, Eamon Dunphy was the only person that we would allow come in with a bottle of champagne. Of his own. Of his own. <laughs> so he would have been, God knows where he would have been. And he'd truck up with a bottle of champagne. Now, subsequently, he would buy God knows how many more bottles yeah. and then occasionally he would leave without paying and you'd have to go he'd come in the following night and I go now Eamon I'm really sorry but like I, you need to fix up for last sorry about that and he was so generous he'd always he'd be tipping all the girls yeah. 50 euro and stuff or 50 pounds at the time yeah. but one of the worst ones um one of the most sweating nights now there was loads but I remember madness came in years yeah. ago and uh Nobody wanted to pay the bill. Sugs and stuff. And oh, the whole lot. Yeah. And I'm lovely like, guy now. I've met him. Oh, they were all lovely. Mm. And uh, but it wasn't so lovely at the end because I'm trying to get a credit card out of mm. one of them. And it was like, oh, Robbie's like, you should have got it at the start. I'm like, I know, Robbie. I know, I know, I know. I, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Mm. Anyway, subsequently, they all went in different directions and they were gone. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> Robbie's like, oh, well, you have to fit the bill. And it was something like 400 quid. Yeah. And I'm like going, I can't afford to pay for them drinking for the night. They kept going, oh, it's the record company. It's the promoters. It's yeah. this, that and the other. Anyway, a taxi man tracked down where they were, which hotel, yeah. rang the hotel. The hotel says, I can't put you through to the room. Yeah. I said, have a little sympathy for a girl here. Yeah. I said, I said, I'm going to have to pay 400 quid. <laughs> they put me through to the room yeah. and we got through so I was just like oh, but like the, the, but, we had the MTV awards there yeah. and like you would literally I remember actually the night of the MTV awards mm. and there was all the all the celebs you know there was Colin Farrell mm. there was the um, 
jackass guys. Mm. There was Tom Jones. Mm. There was all sorts. And uh, and then the guards came in and raided us. And yeah. they're there standing there with the yellow jackets. I'm like, really? Tonight? Yeah, yeah. tonight. And was there a night with Snoop Dogg or was there something with Snoop Dogg? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Was, that was very funny. So uh, Snoop was in and... Oh, Snoop now, is it? Snoop, yeah, yeah we're on first yeah, name terms. Yeah. So he was in and literally he had this massive entourage sure. of the large... And he's like Skeletor. He's yeah, like so yeah. skinny. And of course he's smoking away. And I don't think we were allowed to smoke then. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm, I'm not was entirely sure. Smoking weed or smoking cigarettes? God, no, yes. Yeah, yeah. All of the above. Mm, mm. So he he was, he had all this entourage. And I remember he'd come in the in the limo with Glenda. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Glenda Gilson. So, and then Glenda goes, could you come over and save me? Because people Well, I do a better impression of her than you. Okay, go on. Could you come over and save me? Because people think... Uh, <laughs> but she was like, oh, could you come over and save me? People think you're funny. Like, I mean, like I'm struggling here. Yeah. And I'm like, on. Not on your Nelly am I going over? And then I remember Robbie tried to go over a couple of times, I think, to tell him to stop smoking or whatever it was. And they wouldn't let him in. He's like, going, yeah. it's my club. But like Robbie's only tidy. Yeah. So he was like trying to bounce yeah. past these huge bounces. Yeah. My club, my club. Yeah. So he couldn't. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, here is how cool it is, right? Because I'm just, I actually just had a pure ego. You, you remember me being there, Amanda, don't you? Vaguely. You only vague. You, you Listen, I only vaguely remember most things Are you from serious? That you only vaguely. <laughs> You, are you, are you being serious? Look, look at he's getting. Yeah. No, of course I remember. Oh Jesus! You there. Sorry, yeah, because I used to. I, I have the feeling that I was. Did one, I snog you in the toilets? I, <laughs> I was under the impression that I was one of those people that were an, a little annoying to you. No, definitely not. There that was, I would be one of those. A, pop, no, you pop, weren't. That I was a pup. That that you'd be going. Oh God, Robbie, here he is again. He's oh going no, to give no, us trouble. there was plenty of pups. Right, like there were. So I wasn't too bad. No, you definitely weren't on the on the on the hit yeah. list. Of. But anyway, this, for, this, for <laughs> listeners who didn't really know this place, here's how cool it was. Right, this was a place where Bono could come and nobody would annoy him. Yes, even when the place was wedged. Yeah, and I'll explain to you firsthand how that goes. So myself and Blonnet, who never my wife Blonnet, who never really came to Reynards, it was always. I have the goo on me. I'm going out now, Blonnet. You go home. <laughs> and of course, uh, and she did, she's not a big drinker. And I'd carry on, meet Tony Fenton and all this. And we'd go on to the early hours, like five, six in the morning. Uh, I remember actually, after one thing, we, not only were we were ha- conf- ha- not happy with going on until six in the morning, we checked into the Marion Hotel <laughs> and got a suite. <laughs> but anyway, oh, and um, so Blonnet went home, uh, or would, would often go home when we continue. But anyway, this time Blonnet came with me and we came into Reynards. She wanted to experience this special place. So anyway, who was in Reynards? But Bono. And she went, is that Bono? And she's not um, blown away by celebrities at all. But she'd had a couple of drinks. And of course, Bono is, is just a world celebrity. And so she was impressed by this, that this little man was down there and it was him in the flesh. And she went, um, I'm this going... This little uh, man. And she, and, what a dig. And, 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 well, little great man. You know, Napoleon was a little man. Al Pacino's a little man. And, uh, and uh, so he was down at the bar and nobody was annoying him. And the place is wedged and nobody's annoying him. And you're just, you, you get that image in your mind. There's, there's Bono and nobody's annoying him. Um, and so down she goes anyway to annoy him. And I said, I'm not coming with you. (laughs) Trying to stop her. Yeah. So I see her then, her image uh, and her lovely face talking to Bono. And I see Bono engaging with her. And um, she comes back to me and um, she was delighted with herself. And she says, I told him my nickname and everything. (laughs) What? You've never told anybody your nickname because her nickname is The Munch. Oh, right. I call her The Munch, right? Mine is Sugar Tits. The next thing, the the next thing, yeah, is it? (laughs) The next thing I hear is Bono waving from the other end of the bar. Hey, you, Mr. 
take care of my munch. Oh, isn't that lovely? That's cute. And he's there. Yeah. He remembered, take care of my munch. Oh, that is says. cute. And so that's the kind of place it was. Yeah, it was. And then there'd be nights like you'd get a lot of the comedians who'd come in, fairly other comedians who As would in? come in, but that like who would literally be like Dylan Moran. Yeah, would head over to the the the, the pool table. But inevitably, there would always be arguments. Oh, the pool table. The pool I table. remember that, yeah. In I remember co- Tommy Tiernan, uh, the, fierce pool player. Yes. And like, there'd be, there'd be ructions and you'd have to go around. Yeah, going, splitting people up. It's like Monday night here, you yeah. know, like cool your jets yeah. and they'd be killing each other. Well, they see, they're just off stage or something. So like, it'd be like razor sharp at two o'clock in the morning. I know, it was awful. Yeah. But like, literally, it was like, they'd either be razor sharp or they'd be on the floor. Yeah. Like, I think Dylan Moran actually did fall asleep on the pool table and we had to move him yeah. off the pool table. And was it, and you, you know, you're happy-go-lucky, you're happy, you said yeah. you were lucky and happy. Yes. Um, but were there ever, because I don't, were there ever any kind of dodgy moments there, do you think? You don't even have to mention names, or you no, could no, if you no, want no. to. I, I, were there ever any um, bad, unhappy moments there, or sad, or, or dodgy moments? There's, yeah, no, there's some <clears throat> stories I really can't tell you. <laughs> could you tell them in, in without mentioning names? Um, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, there was this time that there was this one time mm. um, a very big celebrity mm. came in mm. and um, I was asked to kind of he came in on his own and Robbie said, well, you just mind him, bring him up to the bar there. He's on his own. I was like, oh, right. OK. And then he kind of let's just say he got attached to me mm. and then a little too attached yeah. to me. And while I'm sure some people would be very impressed by his celebrity. He got under the assumption that maybe you were now his. Yes, for the night. Mm. And I was like, oh, sorry, horse. Mm. Like, I mean, and he was very inebriated. Mm. That's a very posh word, isn't it? Mm. I'm very posh for the radio. Mm. Um, So he, uh, but anyway, I then got to the stage where I was, I have to bail on this fella. And I remember like the cores were sitting there and I remember just, Andrea's little tiny face looking at me going what is wrong with your man is he going to fall over quite a tall man mm. and um, so anyway I then had to hide from him and I hid then downstairs do you remember when you went in and where you handed in the coats into the right mm. so uh, and people would kind of throw stuff behind so I had had to hide underneath and he went around looking for me for mm. a while came down and then he went back up but then he found somebody else and went off in a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just looking. Like, literally, he picked somebody up in like five, ten minutes. Yeah. And he was gone. Do you know what um, actually is interesting about you in relation to that and where you were working? Yeah. Uh, because it's 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 easy to see. You are 100%. You are 100% unfazed by celebrity. You see, I was... I, because I grew up knowing some famous people, hmm. that you realise that... Who did fa- you grow up knowing? Well, Bono was a neighbour, Gavin mm. Friday was a neighbour, oh. Cookie was a neighbour, and um, and we had Aslan down the road as mm. well. And it was, like, you just realise that famous people are the same as everybody else. Yeah. They just um, happen to be famous. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, there can be egos that come with this, but generally speaking, they're just human. But a lot of times people get ridiculously starstruck when they see people. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you're just seeing another person. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, why would you just lose it? Now, don't get me wrong. I did get starstruck once when I saw Francis McDormand Ah, uh, in the Westbury. Fargo. I love, I love you. Yeah. Well, that's because you particularly love her work. Adore. Yeah. But I don't think I've been starstruck by anybody else. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it was, yeah. No, I'm just kind of used to it. Yeah, yeah. And did Bono give you away? Um, 
Kind of, yeah. 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 For your wedding. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in- so the wedding was in New York and he was doing a gig mm. and I didn't really invite many people. So there was my best friend and her husband, my husband's best friend and his wife and Bono and VIP magazine. Mm. <laughs> and I, after, after we got married, uh, he went off to do his gig. We went, mm. that was, that was my after, that was my party band or whatever yeah. you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we went to the gig that night, uh, but I was so tired I fell asleep for the whole thing. But anyway, um, I didn't tell my mom or my dad. So I rang them afterwards. And it was like, oh, my mom was like, oh, so who was there? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. YouTube. So she's over it now, but I think she did cry for like about yeah, a week, yeah. which was unfortunate. Yeah. And the beauty competitions, right? So yeah. 15 and then you won Miss Ireland at, at 17. Yeah. Now, I was speaking to Glenda Gilson a few weeks ago, right? She was on this podcast. Who, Glenda? Yeah, Glenda. <laughs> and two things about her, right? Because Glenda was lovely, but two things about her that, that are pertaining, germane, to use another posh word, to this conversation. And that was that... Um, how different the world was back then for for Glenda when she was doing the the photo shoots at the top yeah. of Grafton Street in oh, her knickers. Oh, no, God, love her. And holding a banana in her hands and pretending it's a phone and Katie French in kind of climbing naked into a dustbin or something. I know, bless her cause. All this sort of stuff, yeah? yeah. So all of this stuff. And I was thinking that probably back in, you know, the day when you were doing the beauty competitions, it was a different world as well. I wonder, do you have any images for me or visualizations? Yeah, that's, or- well, that's just, a, you're just putting it out there how old I am because I'm much older than Glenda. But yes, I am much older than Glenda. When I started modeling, it was nothing like those photo calls. So I did all these horrendous L1 clothes. All like, right. I mean, so this is pre-photo calls yeah. on Grafton Street. So like the so photo this isn't calls get your baps out. No, I, there was no. Well, actually, I remember I was first I was asked to, to model Triumph bras and stuff like that. Yeah. But I was really kind of so sweet, and naive at the time I turned them down. But I would have made a fortune because yeah. like I used to have huge boobs. Right. I got, I've since had them reduced. Right. <laughs> right. Sorry, I'm lo- just playing I, a straight bat here I lo- now. Okay? I love the I love the way you're keeping eye contact and terrified. I absolutely, I'm keeping I'm, I'm keeping eye contact with Shane <laughs> it's Shane's baps I'm looking at um, so um, so yeah so I had all these horrible clothes it was all kind of old women clothes and um, I still have some of them and I was like I'd model oh like awful things like yeah. um kind of uniforms you know all those brochure yes. type things but listen I was but listen beauty contests yeah I won a few of them actually. I know but it was that a sleazy atmosphere um, I'm trying to think you know I'm, tr- I'm looking back and I'm going it's just a different world back then. And I'm, I was thinking to myself, I'll probably ask her about that because... Okay, I found, I'm not going to lie, I found the Miss World a bit crazy. Mm. Um, and then I wouldn't go to the Miss Universe and they had to oh. send the number two to Miss Universe. I see. I was away for five weeks. And, and why would kind of, you not go? Because it was sleazy. Well, I think there was, there was, there's an extended family that run it yeah. and they might have partaken in relationships with some of the girls I know. and that wasn't really me now you have to remember I even though I was quite young I was only 17 yeah. I was a wily young one from Fingerless yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, so there was no flies on me you yeah. know so I, I took no shit yeah yeah so uh, and I was quite lucky because I had quite a ballsy kind of attitude even from I think it was more ballsy when I was younger than what I am now yeah um, that people just kind of went, oh, Jesus, couldn't be dealing with her. <laughs> She'd be yeah, too hard. Too much work. trouble. So I was blessed that I kind of sailed through dangerous, many, many dangerous situations. Yes. And like there was one situation years back that um, somebody lured me to um, to a shop, but he, he'd been part one of the judges. Mm. 
and uh, he told me that his brother was back and he was a West End producer. Of course, my eyes were just like, oh, West End producer, and he'd love to meet you and blah, blah. And I got in there and let's just say there was no West End producer. And there was a there was another quite well-known businessman who wanted me. And it was a very anxious, about two hours. And there was mm. a woman who... Um, who who shouldn't have allowed me to be put in that situation. And I kept going, I'm only a young girl. You're a woman. Get me out of here. And she's like, no, relax, relax. Yeah. Have some drugs. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember drinking. I actually, I, I still laugh at myself because she said, they were like, have a line. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm cutting back. <laughs> I was like 17. Yeah, great. I was like, I'd never seen cocaine in my life. Right. I'm like, oh my God. So you decided to play a cool line on it. Oh, I was literally so cool. cool very good. And I was sweating. And they had like a pile of underwear on the floor and they wanted me to model it. I'm like, oh, not on oh, your Nelly. So I, I, because this fella got so yeah. paranoid, he then decided he needed to run out of the place. And that's how I got out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I made my escape. And yeah. I made my, would you believe, I made my escape to Reynards. Yeah, that was it. I I, I got to Reynards yeah. and I said, let me in. Right. And Robbie's like, are you okay? Yeah. I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was uh, only 17. Yeah, it's though, terrible. But the second thing was, and was about Glenda was as well. And Glenda <laughs> actually got, Glenda actually got, got asked to do a few more radio, or sorry, got asked to do a few more media appearances after my podcast because of some of the the, 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 the stuff that she had said which was oh, right. picked up on which was great stuff yeah but one of the things she said which a few people picked up on which 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 you know sometimes you don't really see this coming but, but people are listening to the podcast and then they pick up on it's it it's good that people are listening isn't it yeah but I mean otherwise why would you be bothered doing it but they'll be ringing you up then and going can you come on comment on this and you're going I didn't think they'd pick up on that yeah but what anyway they picked up on was that Glenda had it marked and uh, that she found it quite um, complimentary to be wolf whistled Oh yes, I think I saw that actually. And yeah. she wasn't. She didn't find that, that it was nasty. In fact, in fact, that she found that it was a pity when it ended, yes. or if it ends, that <laughs> she's more. Nobody's wolf whistling me anymore. <laughs> it's a sad day. Well, in a way, you're kind of going like, um, well, well you know, and maybe it's nice to know that I can still be wolf whistled. That yeah. she was saying, and, yes. and then she made a few more media appearances after that. And I was wondering how you feel about that subject. Oh God, um, to be honest, I don't really care either way I never really did but um, did you not like being admired to be honest it never bothered mm. me because um, like now I'm an L one and because of the play that I'm doing at the moment I've literally aged a decade so I need like a week's sleep <laughs> With earplugs in, then I need to wake up and then I need like a ton of Botox to try and sort out my face but like I I was I got a lot of attention when I was quite young because I was deemed as pretty mm. and also because I used to have a really good body. Mm. I don't have that now. I do miss that, but I don't necessarily miss the adoration. I, I don't, I don't really, I never really wanted to be somebody that people were hitting on. Mm. I, I find it quite uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm not good with flirting uh, and I'm definitely not good with dating or anything like that. Yeah. So like I'm I'm quite happy to be a settled married woman yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, and I like to go out and I like to have fun with my with my gay friends. Yeah. And I don't like the whole male attention thing. Yeah, yeah. So when it, it does get a little bit too much, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm quite ha- like I would never wear makeup during the day. I go around in the same black tracksuits. Mm. Like today I have a little bit of makeup on, mm. put on very badly, uh, rushed to come in. But like I don't need to be 
adored. I am just happy if my work is accepted. Yeah. And then because I'm a typical Gemini, I'm all loud and brash and all party. And then I'm quite happy to be at home yeah. with the dogs yeah. and my foxes and all of that kind of Your stuff. Your foxes? Yes, I have six foxes, two badgers. What, in the garden? A squirrel. The, and and a the seagull. Oh, foxes like, are you serious? Do yeah. the foxes kind of come and get the yeah, food? Yeah, every so, night, yeah. So they're kind of almost half, they know you. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I so think I, I roast animals. chickens for them every day. Do you roast them? Yeah. And then when Jesus, I go on holidays, happy foxes. I, pay, I pay people to feed them while I'm away. Because they're, they're beautiful animals, aren't they? Yeah, they, they piss and shit a lot, though. So there's yeah. a lot of power hosing around the garden. Okay, but they're beautiful to look at. <laughs> they are. I love them. Yeah, I love them. And I love their wildness. The, and the I, fact that I also love, I love them during COVID because... There was more of them. Well, I was lonely. And they were, they had the run of the place. They did. Yeah. Well, we were, I'm kind of close to... A quite a green patch so yeah. that's where they live yeah, yeah 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 yeah. no I love foxes um, my neighbours don't but I love them <laughs> but the other thing Amanda that, that people may or may not be familiar with apart from the fact that novels and stuff like this and we'll get around to the play that you've written and, and directed is um, your journalism I mean, obviously journalism has been a big part of your life right yeah and it's opinion really isn't it yes and an, an opinion for like 16 years in the Sunday world and you're still asked for your opinion, though, um, quite a lot. So, so, for example, on my own radio station, Today FM. Yes. Matt Cooper has yes. you on. And, and I can see, I, I know that he likes having you on because I can see in our in our world, right, we would consider you, or at least I would consider you, and don't take this in any way bad, is gobby. <laughs> yeah. Right? So you, you, you'll just say it. Yeah. You'll just speak. Yeah. Right? In other words, I get myself into trouble, Mario. That's what I'm not even interested say. in that. I'm just saying you'll say it. Yeah. Now, so not everything will get you into trouble, but yes. you'll just say it. Yes. And, and you can see Matt loves that. Yeah. Because he, he'll pair you up with some other dude who won't say much. And then you'll say it. Yeah. And then the other dude will be left going, mm, well, I wouldn't have said that. And Matt will go, what do you think, Derek? Now that Amanda has said it's all fine to fucking say. It's so true. Exactly. And say, well, I'm not Amanda. All right. I was do you disagree with Amanda? I she is a woman. <laughs> are you disagreeing with women now? Are you? Are you a woman hater? It's so true. You know, I say like, no, I'm not a woman hater. I just don't know if, I don't know. What did Amanda say? That yeah. So I'm just, but so, so I'm just, it's that thing of let's talk about it. Let's talk about the, the untalkable thing, the free yeah. speech thing, you know, this, uh, this, this. Oh God, are you going on to Elon Musk on Twitter, well, are you? political correctness and all this. The, oh, this, right. this, I think that, that some of, some people call political correctness. I'm not sure about if I agree with the term political correctness myself, but um, but do you think that you've had, you've had to that you do you think that for example more than let's say call it 1998 you have to watch what you say more now than back then? Oh, 100 yeah. percent. But everybody's offended by everything now, mm-hmm. and I think that's really sad. Mm. What and happened to offence, by the way? But the, what the, happened to the right to offend people? But the, <laughs> no, don't you're laughing. Why are you back. laughing? No, but the thing is, I is I, it a crime to offend somebody? But the thing is, it it it's not nice to be to be to willingly be mean to no, somebody I don't or mean hurt that. people but I think now and I think things did have no, to but change but if I say for example I believe in if I say for example I believe in uh, pro-choice yes right? let's say call, so let's say abortion right? yeah let's say you're pro-life yes and let's say I'm pro-choice yeah what happens now is not only can you not accept the fact that I have an opinion on being pro-choice yeah. you now say that my opinion is offensive to you yes and people like me will say, your opinion is offensive to me. Yeah. This is, of course, where I have a problem with. The yeah. nature of being different to somebody and having a different opinion is necessarily to offend the sensibilities of the other person. You can't help it. I know, but I think I think things did need to change. Like, let's be honest, mm. if you go back to the 70s mm. and you watch TV shows and comedy shows yeah. in particular, mm. like they were vile. The minstrels. 
it was horrific stuff. You know, Jim Davison, yeah. all of these really... Well, he was there to the 90s easily. He was. and But like so, so offensive. Yeah. So you then you have to kind of go, well, that stuff needed to change. The mm. racism, mm. The, the, the everything. I suppose, yeah, exactly. I suppose where you're getting to there is... I suppose At what you, point do we stop? Hate speech. Yes. Yeah. So. But I do think things can... I, I, I hate the term, but I do think this generation is a bit more snowflake yeah. because they really, I think people are actively now looking to be offended and I and I hate that. Yeah. And I, while I would never try and deliberately mm. upset anybody, there needs to be somebody who calls a bit of kind of common sense, yeah. like honestly. And we need to have comedy. We need to make jokes about people. Yeah. And people need to laugh and find the humour in themselves. And in fact, comedy, as you've been, you brought up comedy. Yeah. So comedy needs to be, in a sense, a safe space itself. Big time. A platform whereby people can be maybe more offensive or push the edge more than in normal uh, conversation. Without having Will Smith go up and smack you. Exactly. And you see Dave Chappelle got smacked now. I know. You see, like I said it, I did I did an interview about a month ago. Yeah. Um, and I said, listen, mark this card. Absolutely. It's going to start happening now. Permission to hit comedians has been granted. Big time. And three weeks later, it's happened. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised there has. I'm sure there has been others, but they're just not as famous as him. Yeah. But has he not been kind of cancelled? Who? Dave Chappelle. Uh, not particularly. No, I mean he's still like, for example, that gig I saw last night was a yeah. massive crowd at the gig. Yeah. And he's still supported by Netflix. Yes. Um, but there is a tussle with him, all right. Yeah. Because there is a there is definitely an internal fight within Netflix to try and get him cancelled. I do agree, though that comedians should not be picked up on everything like people like sometimes there are gags that are just a little bit too soon definitely you know like and there's been a judge? major major you know and it, but it is but you will always cause offence comedians will always cause offence and people like me who have opinions will always cause offence yeah. even when I don't when you learn to. to throw a ball in the air and catch it you don't catch it first time you yeah. make mistakes you drop yeah. the ball you drop the ball and then eventually on the fifth or ninth go you catch the ball yeah and that's the same with comedy as you say sometimes yeah. it's too soon yeah um and you do it until you get there well, uh, well with my play now at the moment it mm. is mostly comedy i'd call it a dramedy yeah. because there's a lot of kind of kind of somber kind of stuff that okay goes through so it. let's talk about it it's called curiosity what's it about where is it on it is on actually the players in Trinity College yeah, where I grew up and it is it's quite surreal for me to walk through Trinity yeah. and have a show on there I didn't even do my leaving no so it's kind of like oh that's pretty cool mm. um, I don't belong here but I'm here and I'm owning it and thank mm. you to the Irish Times who were after giving me four stars for the play Gage, yeah. um, but my point being is mm. I my show is part of the International Dublin Gay Theatre Festival and I'm obviously not part of the LGBT community. Mm. And I was really worried that my show might offend certain people. Uh, but amazingly, like I'd written this show for women, not just gay women or bisexual women mm. or curious women, um, women in general, because there's a lot of kind of, kind of a lot of themes that just ide women identify with. But thankfully, I haven't offended any of the gay women who have come. But amazingly, very few of them have come and it's nearly all straight women. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's the Gay Theatre Festival, lads. Where are you? But I, I don't think many uh, oh. gay women go to theatre. Yes. It's mad. Interesting. Yeah. So I haven't, I can't offend those that don't come. No. But 
Thankfully, I haven't offended anybody. And hope. Except for the headline that I'll, I'll definitely get out of the papers tomorrow. <laughs> Gay women don't come to theatre. Yeah. <laughs> I got her in the end, guys. I got her in the end. I kept my eyes off the paps, but I kept my eye on the prize. <laughs> yeah, it is, it, is, it is a strange one. So actually. is this your first play? This was actually a radio play, mm. which, I, which did quite well. And I put it out as an audio book. Mm. And while it didn't do, even though I did loads of publicity for it back at the time, 2015 yeah. or so, mm. uh, it had Lee Arnold and Norma Sheehan in it. Yeah. And they were amazing. I put it out as an audio book and it did really well across Europe, which was quite bizarre. Mm. So then I tried the script. I was bored because I literally was this suburban housewife for, for COVID and most of my work had all gone. I had a couple of gigs coming up. Everything was gone. So I literally was making dinners for people, cleaning, feeding the foxes, obviously, and um, doing meals on wheels. And I said I wanted to tr- dip my foot into uh, Amazon and self-publishing. Yep. So I put the script out and it went to number one in uh, Amazon US. Uh, in the LGBTQ um, yes. category. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, that's a a fairly was, competitive category, uh, Amanda. It was, it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And then, and again, our, the UK Amazon didn't do too well. It only went to, again, top 20 or something mm. like that. But then I got it translated into German and that went to number one as well. Yes. Nigurler. That's, there you go. New word Fantastic, yeah. 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 So I said, you know what? The script works. This works. Yeah. And that's why I decided to put the play on. Great. So, but I have to say, and it's in the middle of its run now. It's in the middle of its run. We've got another. Uh, we've we've got till Saturday night. And would you like to take it maybe to a larger space? I would love to take yeah. it to the larger. And where and, would you like to put it on? Oh, I'd love to put it on the Gaiety. The I'd Olympia. Like the, <laughs> I just finished five nights in the Olympia. I know. I was in a taxi the other night, and um, the well, it wasn't the other night. It was a while ago. And he said how amazing you were. Oh, and had he been to see me? He'd been in to see you. And he oh. said, I think it was like a Tuesday night. Yeah. Did you do oh, like it? The, I mean, it was the opening night was Tuesday in, the, in yeah. Dublin in the Olympia. And it was a great night. And he loved it. Yeah. No joke. No, I'm ah, serious. No, it was an amazing yeah. run. It was a great and to be back. And he was just, it's great to be back out yeah. again, isn't it? Yeah. It's great. There was a great feeling of watching other people watching the, each other laughing. But isn't it so lovely? Like you, you're different to me because you write gags, you perform the gags. I write gags and now I'm watching other people mm. perform them. So I have to say, I I prefer that. Mm. I love watching my work and I love sitting in the audience. Mm. And I'm literally, I don't want to look at the, the stage. I'm just looking at ah, the people around that's me. That's lovely. Laughing. Do you find that, uh, just a question for you as, a, as an authoress, yeah. as a person who wrote the gags, and it's an interesting thing I'd be interested to hear about. Do you find that the gags you wrote, some of the gags you wrote, get changed by the nature of the performance. Oh, absolutely. Do they? Yeah. And do they even change in tone? Well, you see, there's, I, I, I'm, because I'm a little bit of a control freak, I have had to say, you don't say it like that. You say it like this. You pause here. That's the funny bit. Then you go on. So I've, I've only had to do that a couple of times Mm. because the gags weren't landing and I go, no, listen, listen. Mm. Uh, But no, I'm, I'm very lucky with my, my Mm. actors. They're great. Because it's amazing how somebody's piece of writing. Yeah. Can, we can call somebody's piece of writing can, we can call it one yes then somebody's performing we can call that another one yeah and you add them both together and they can make three rather yeah. than two but so then, that, they, that magic a strange magic happens but I love like I've there's gags that I've written and then Sorka will do something with her face or she'll do yeah. something physical yeah and it's just at another level exactly and I'm just like yes the human know? has come yeah, into play exactly yeah. so that's sometimes you can you can direct people but they find it themselves and they do it in a different way so that has I have to say been a big thrill yeah. and obviously when you write gags 
you're like going, please God, please laugh. You know, <laughs> like, but then there's some things that I've written that I didn't even realize were funny yes. that have got really big laughs. I'm like going, is, oh, was that even same. funny? It's the same. And I was like going, I didn't even think that was funny. It's the same because in my show, Amanda, there's a bit at the end of the first act where I come out um, or I'm introduced as myself uh-huh. and people are, uh, so please welcome Mario Rosenstock and people are going, what's going on here now? <laughs> I didn't come here to watch. I came here to watch Michael Flatley yeah. <laughs> and putting butter on his chest and yeah. Daniel O'Donnell and Leo yeah. Varadkar and Pascal <laughs> Donahue. And what's this now, Mario? So they're wary for the first 20 seconds. Yes. And then I start doing, and then they realise I guess this is me, my personality, and I'm just going to talk to them about some of the things they've seen and I have some ideas and I have some um, things I want to say. And eventually uh, they realise, oh, he's being funny as well. Yeah. Um, so they not just shout, get off the stage. We want, we want, we want Miriam. <laughs> no, <laughs> Genuinely. Not yet. I, I, was hope, I was wondering if they'd do that, but they don't. Um, but my point is, even when I do that, I remember the first couple of nights, things that I might be angling towards didn't land. But by, let's say, the fifth or sixth night, you've grooved it. Yeah. And you've gotten you've chiseled it away and gotten yeah. rid of it a little bit yeah. of it and you added a bit cut and then the fat. cut the fat and then suddenly that is now a reliable laugh and you yeah. can go you can time your your clock by it and you go yeah. wait so you go did 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 watch them laugh now and then the big laugh and it's, it's, it's almost a sign. Well, I, what I've had to do is just tell the girls to pause a minute because the problem is the big laughs come in yeah. and they're start they had started the next line. I'm yeah. like wait. Well, that's a comedian thing. Because people can't hear you. That's a comedian thing. You, yeah. you, learn, you have to take you years to learn it. Yeah. And it's the confidence to stand on stage, do yeah. something, let them laugh and pause. But you see, with the play, it's different. It is. You have to it's have a rhythm. And, and somebody else might have a line. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you can't, it's it's not the same as stand-up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're working it out. But yeah. when you see, we'll just have worked it out and then the run will be over. Yeah. So we have to take it somewhere else. Listen, there's been loads of people listening in their cars and, uh, and at home <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. And mainly celebrities. Oh, and really? they ring into the podcast. Do they? That's so nice. Yeah. And oh, so they've been listening. We, we, we allow a certain amount of people. We, we, we put out the feelers and we go, would you like to listen to this? It's Amanda Brunker. Rod Stewart isn't here because I just passed him a Marco Pierre White's, by the way. <laughs> really? He's having lunch, living his best life there. He seems to be always in Marco Pierre White's. <laughs> the last time I heard about Rod Stewart, he was in Marco Pierre White's Honest as well. God, I literally just passed him on the way here. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, let me see. So who's there? Eamon Dunphy's on the line. Love Say Eamon. hello to him. Hi, Eamon. I miss you. Yes. Hello, Amanda. <laughs> I have a dream, a song to sing. Amanda, we had some great times. We did. And we had thank some... you for taking care of me and everything I brought into Reinhardt's. <laughs> and everything I, everything, Don't make faces like that. Everything I left in Reinhardt's, <laughs> I left with you, Amanda. I take it with me. And I'll be picking it up later. <laughs> 7.30. Um, so who else is on the line? Oh, God. The, Leo Varadkar. Leo, Leo never came. He's too young to come into Reynards. Uh, hello, Amanda. <laughs> I, I just like to say I've been totally inspired by your conversation, especially that bit um, where you. Uh, well, first of all, congratulations on writing a totally gay play. And uh, <laughs> as a gay person, I would love to come in and see it. So he sh- you should. Gay, you should. Gay, gay theatre going public. Exactly. Yes. Um, but second of all, I'd like to congratulate you on living rent free with your parents and uh, sa- saving for a house. <laughs> well, that's that's how I did it too. Which actually, I think is, yeah. I've been telling I people know. for years. You're I obviously know. a Finnegaler at heart. <laughs> actually, uh, my mother is. <laughs> your mother is a Finnegaler. You see, she that's is. what she was. She was. Yeah. She was saying, live at home. Uh, bank of mum and dad. Bank of mum and dad. That's and how then I eventually you'll be able house. to get a, a you know seven figure house in in Ranla. It was Clontarf actually. Clontarf. Clontarf. Oh, it's the good first middle, one. middle class gay area. <laughs> it's excellent. Uh, who else is on the line? Ronan Keating's on the line. Say hello. How are you doing, Ronan? Fair play, Amanda. Fair play. 
How are you doing? I'm grand. It's great. Wow, loving hearing all those stories from the wild days of of um of Reinhardt. You did come in a couple of times. I Again. did, yeah. Why didn't you tell any mad stories about me, though? Because there are no mad stories about you. Come on, Amanda. Everybody knows them. No, no. Remember the time I ordered fizzy um, um, coke and and it came back still. I know. And I went. I I was actually really annoyed with the barman. You were you were wild, Ronan. And do you remember the time I got? um, I think it was. I think I got um, Jim Cor's coat out of the out of the. I was my own. I wasn't my own. I know. He was wearing a, a combat jacket. Listen, Ronan, we missed that you. That was crazy. You were the stuff of legend. Those days were mad. Mad, Ted. In fairness. <laughs> In fairness. A rolling stone gathers no fence. <laughs> God almighty. Um, Bono's on the line. Jesus. Hi, darling. Hey, Amanda. <laughs> you know what? You said I gave you away. Well, I want you back, sister. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 20 years. <laughs> That she hasn't been 20 back. years. I want you back. Yeah. Let's, let's get the band back together again. You, know, you see, he, you'll always argue with me. This is our yeah. argument. We have to tell everybody. You tell people you're from Ballymun, but yeah. I know you're from Finglas. Seven Towers. No. You can I only, only s- see one way out. you got to talk without sleeping. Cry without weeping. Scream without raising your voice. The mean streets of Finglas. Seven Towers. No, there was no towers, dear. You could only see them from your back garden. Uh, Matt Cooper's on the line. Say hello. Hiya, Matt. Hi, Amanda. What's the hot take for this week? Let's see. Nuclear war. The Russians. Would you Let's tell them to fuck off, would you, Amanda? We'll put, a, we'll, put an old, we'll put a gay lad next to you who'll say nothing. He'll be right on. And just tell your man, Yuri Filatov, or whatever his name, to fuck himself. Well, me and the fishermen are going to f- sort out. We'll sort out the Russians. Oh. It'll be fine. Okay, so like those Donegal catch. That's it. You're, are you wearing Donegal Fisher outfit today, are you? Hang on a second, you've just been on a cruise. He's the, he's the, he's the man. <laughs> Don't be plugging cruises for free holidays. Oh, Louis Walsh is on the line. Say hello. Louis never, you never came into Reynards. Amanda, you, you're a huge star. That's why. Amanda, I could still never forget your performance at Oxygen. <laughs> I went to see Jessie J and they said, oh my God, Jessie J has changed. She has an even better voice. It's Amanda. And you, Simon loved you. Simon wanted I know. to know. Well, actually, I met Simon. Remember that I time do. we were back at X Factor? You brought me over to X Simon Factor. Simon wanted to sign you. I know. And then I d- decided I didn't want to go back over to London. You didn't want to be huge. I didn't. You I just didn't. didn't. Want, you didn't want to be I a had, star. I had kids. I you, said I, I didn't want to do you it. You made the right choice. I know. But thank you, Louis, because you've always been really good to I'll me. I'll never forget Oxygen. <laughs> well, it was just a shame that I cancelled the whole festival from my appearance. <laughs> That's a true story. Go on, tell it. No, because obviously, well, some a lot of people were remembered. Tell the, pe- tell the story, p- the pe- okay. people's story that they don't know. Okay, so uh, many, many years ago, I'm, t- I'm not entirely sure, 10, 11 years ago, um, I uh, asked... A friend of mine could I I was trying something out with uh with um a band that I can't remember now. I can't remember the name. Genar- Gen- Gen- were they a girl band? No, they were this kind of Spanish flamenco kind of music. Geranium. Stuff. No. Stop. I can't believe I can't remember. Anyway, because I've blocked all well, of this. Were they with EMI? No, no, I, I blocked all of this out of my head. Anyway, we decided to do a song. And then I said is there anywhere you could find us a little corner mm. in oxygen that we could perform and do this? 
right? So this band had performed at Oxygen before, but yeah. one of these kind of like, you know, bar tents or whatever. So I just said, listen, can you find us somewhere? And then um, they came back to me saying, you're filling in for Jesse J. I'm like, you're off your head. <laughs> I was like, come on. I was just looking for like a little kind corner of- Corner to try out something. Corner to try out something. They said, no, you'd be fine. I'm like, oh, give me a break. Yeah. They said, you'd be grand. Yeah. Anyway, the, one of the worst decisions I've ever made yeah. in my life. So then I remember actually, so fast forward the day. Mm. I have to say it was a pretty cool- There's still video of it and everything, isn't oh, there? Oh, stop. Yeah. It, the gas thing is they put up the video of me singing uh, with or without you, mm. my cover. That video has been banned in 16 countries. Well, hang on. <laughs> they literally, I remember afterwards, somebody from MCD rang me and they said, okay, we're at almost 100,000 views. Would you like us to get it taken down? Mm. Because this is going viral. Mm. Like it was going, it would have yeah. like gone on to be, and I said, if you could take it down, yeah. that would be great. Because the, the hate speech coming yeah, after, okay. like whatever you do, never upset the musos because literally people were there saying, I'm stealing the jobs of other musicians. Yeah, I remember that actually. Hard working yeah. and like, there was people, I was trending on Twitter for mm. two days before the actual gig of people there saying, you know, like they were trying to incite I thought a riot. You were saying, I, I thought you were going to say you were trending on Twitter two years before Twitter ca- no, no, actually No, 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 sorry. Two, two days before the actual yeah. festival. Yeah. Like people were so incensed. Yeah. So I remember the day and we had the big truck or the big vans and like with all the champagne and the beer and the and the riders. Mm. I had my own dressing room. Mm. I was opposite uh, Imelda May and I was beside Bruno Mars mm. and I remember Beyonce was playing the festival that night and all 6-1 News everybody was carried talking you? me did 6-1 News carry me? 6-1 News carried me not Beyonce not anybody and else and what did 6-1 News say about it? they did Vox Pops with people okay. they went around what do you think of Amanda Broca yeah. being here? I'm like really? Yeah. is there any need for yeah, this? it's attention? bullying it's ganging but up it was kind of bullying yeah, it was, yeah. but anyway I remember beforehand and I was standing behind the stage after getting brought VIP the whole lot mm. and it was very exciting and I remember standing behind turning to Brian Whitehead going I can't go on there mm. and he said you'd be grand just do it you're here now what's what's the worst that could happen right and literally then a big coach pulled up at the side of the stage now this was the, this was the, the second big stage I was on the Vodafone stage mm. and then there was the main stage but the, the Vodafone stage was just as big mm. and uh, literally I was this bus and the, there had been little cars or six cars or something band was on before me and then I was coming on after them right and this okay so the coach came and literally about 30 people piled out all with cameras I didn't even think there was that many outlets for people with cameras and they all came in and they all stood at the front putting out they didn't have to push themselves too hard because there, there wasn't that many people there but literally the front row or the mm, front row was cameras. literally all cameras yeah. and I'm like oh, I can't go out and, I, and then I went I can't not go out so I went out I did three songs yeah. we came in you think I'd murdered yeah. somebody and literally it was it got spoken about and even still people kind did, of did it how did it, did it get under your skin did it, it hurt you it, it hurt me at, yeah um, I you see that I'm one of these people who suppresses stress. Mm. So I thought I was dealing with it quite well. And then later? And then... Two weeks later? Um, literally, we had booked a holiday and about a week later, uh, we were just about to go on holiday yeah. and my whole body Broke crashed. Broke out and... Oh, just, no, you got no, sick. no. I, I, I caved in. Caved in and literally I could barely walk. I had oh, no energy. Oh. It was like I literally... Held yourself up for this. Yeah, and... 
and my husband was raging because the kids would have been quite young at the yeah. time. So we were in Portugal for two weeks. Yeah. He had to look after the kids all day, all night. Yeah. I could barely walk oh, from the couch to the toilet. And for some reason, my body just shut down. Yes. And Did you feel angry at humanity for that? Now, and, I, and, I, and, and sorry, I don't mean that in a no, highfalutin way. No, I don't mean it in a highfalutin way. Yeah. Did you feel, no, I don't, I don't mean it in a highfalutin way. Did you feel angry at people just for going, all I did was sing a few songs. Why the hate, folks? Well, I couldn't understand the the level of hate because mm. it really was. It was. Oh, God, it, it's coming back to me. It now. was monumental. Yeah. Like it literally. Stay in your lane as well. That's the other thing. Was, this idea that when you veer outside your lane in life, yeah, that like people don't like that. But I'm they get always, discombobulated by it. I'm always annoying. People. Like if I wrote a book or something, people. What are you doing writing a book? <laughs> yes. I want it. When I say I want Daniel O'Donnell, I want Daniel O'Donnell, yeah. not a book. <laughs> right now stay in your lane yeah it's true next thing you'll be going to the gay theatre festival <laughs> <laughs> but you see the thing is in other countries that's admired but not in Ireland correct um, anywhere else in the world you can try different things because mm. I am I'm I'm naturally creative person. Good I think, God, what's wrong with singing a few songs? Oh, listen. Well, I did. I wasn't great. Let's call. No, it. but that's not the point. The point is, yes. who cares? Yes. And you weren't stealing jobs from other people. But they did. They did genuinely feel that I was stealing a job. But honestly, I didn't want that job. <laughs> but it kind of backfired on them because it was such hate. I think MCD said we we got to close this festival yeah. down and reopen under another name. Oh, Liam Neeson's on the line. Oh, hi, Liam. How are you, Amanda? <laughs> Nervous. <laughs> I would be too. On September 23rd, 2003, I left my wallet, a brown Chevalier cow's leather wallet. <laughs> you dropped it in Reynards, did you? And I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, you'll never see it now, boy. And you were the last person seen walking by it. Yeah. Sorry. I can be a nightmare for yeah. people like you. I'm just stepping away from this one. I'm, I'm not even engaging in this one. If you leave my wallet alone... And bring it back and leave it at Marco Pierre White's <laughs> at Rod Stewart's table <laughs> yeah. by five o'clock. Listen, when I'll this is finished, nothing. we need to go down and see if he's still there. Okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Liam. Thanks, Liam. He's Good gone. Listen, um, I, that's brilliant. I've nothing more to talk to you really about, and I oh, really, really enjoyed talking to you. And I lo- I uh, thanks, that. right? You're, I'm bored now. No, and thank you for um, <laughs> and, and thank you for being a good sport. Oh no worries. And uh, you are exactly as as I knew yeah. you would be a good sport. Oh, and and thanks much. for coming in. And and I'll make sure. And I'm delighted for you. I went to Trinity and I performed in, tri- in Trinity Players about 15 times. Yeah. Over four years, and it's where my heart started oh, in, in drama. Cool. Uh, it's an amazing place to start. It's a and, nice little space. And even back then, they were professionally reviewed the the plays because even though you were only semi semi amateur, yeah, uh, they used to professionally review them. We used to think we were we were God's gift because like the, the David Nolan from the Irish Times would walk in and then you'd see your name in print in the Irish Times. You'd be going, my God, very this cool. Is, yeah, it was it was escalating quickly. Well, like I mean, I'm I'm almost forty eight now, and for me, it was a big thrill to to get a. A yeah, four star that's review. Lovely. And it's 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 a nice little bump, and especially yeah. since I've kind of been in the wilderness for a few years. Mm. So um which isn't always a bad thing, but financially it's not great. Mm. <laughs> so I need you to start need, making money yeah, again. You need chickens for those foxes. I do. And by the way, about that project that you had uh, that you did suggest to me at some oh, while yes. ago. I'm still on for it if you oh, ever fantastic. want to do it. I won't yeah. tell, tell anybody yeah. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be great. I do too. Yeah, no, I do I too. Really do. And I think it's an excellent idea and a, and it's one of my favourite things. What, there we go. That thing that you're watch planning. this space it's one of my favorite things Fantastic. amanda thank you thank you so much and that's it my thanks to amanda brunker um thank you for listening as always 
Please keep listening. Please tell a friend. Contact me directly, mariorosenstock at gmail.com with anything that's on your mind or anything you'd like to say about the podcast or suggestions, etc. Um, thank you very much. See you same time, same place next week.